Kia ora Aotearoa, Rebet Hollis here. Welcome to Rebet Live on Today FM. Hope your day is awesome, hope your day is well. Hope everything is rocking along and you're tuned on in. Whether you might be on the bus, you might be stuck in some awesome Auckland traffic, you might be in windy Wellington, wherever you are all around Aotearoa, hope everything is a-okay for you. What is the show about in Rebet Live? Well, team, it is simple. Learn, share, repeat. What can we learn? How can we share it with others? And how do we continue this thing on? We've been going for years now. We're over 300 episodes. And uh, each different episode, we get to talk to um, you know a leader in business, someone smart, doing great things, and figuring out what's what's underneath the hood. What's what's ticking intellectually? What, what, where are their core drivers? Where's their moral and ethical compass? How they roll? What do they do? And what have they done to be able to get to where they've got? Today on the show, we are very lucky to have, we just get these flipping weapons on the show. Thank you, MediaWorks, for doing all the heavy lifting to get these heavy hitters on the show. With Rebet Live, uh, we've got uh, the CEO of MBM, Lee Ann Morris. She's an amazing leader, leader and um, they, MBM recently recorded the highest growth of any media agency in New Zealand, which is an incredible feat. Uh, previously, she was at the helm of PhD as GM um, and was one of the core C-suite responsible for its growth and success. So very excited to be able to have a conversation with her today. Figure out, you know, what's popping in the world of advertising, media and marketing, how they navigate, um, you know, pressures at the top, team, staff, product, service, all that and so much more. Don't forget you can download the, uh, you can listen to Rebet Live on the Rover app or anywhere that you get your different uh, different shows, podcasts, whatever, just uh, ha- type in hashtag Rebet Hollis, oh no, not Rebet Hollis, Rebet Live, jingle bells, uh, Rebet, R-O-B-E-T-T, Rebet Live, just like that. All right, so without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Lee Ann Morris, the CEO of MBM on Rebet Live on Today FM. Rock and roll. Uh, kia ora, Leanne, how are you? <laughs> kia ora, Robert. I'm pretty good. Back at work, second week, so really getting into it now. Slow start to the year. First week back. Um, yeah, it's pretty good. So I was trying to think about, I, I'm always, uh, I love the intersection between like creativity and content and commerce and this kind of, it, it just, I love this, this like icky guy in the middle of all this awesomeness. But when it comes to leadership from a perspective of where you now sit, how does the world of creativity and commerce look different in the year 2023 than when you first entered the media game a while ago? How does it, how does it look? Um, or maybe how does it look from the top? No, it's actually, it's such a great question. I have to just, I have to just tell um, our listeners or your listeners that this is completely unprompted because that question is one of our biggest focus areas for 2023. <laughs> so, hey, I know that I didn't go to university, but I'm bloody good at what I do when I can just banter away and talk shit. Okay, great start, Rebet. Uh, yeah, that was pretty awesome, actually. Um, so, we like one of the trends that have been coming for a while is social commerce, and um, if you view any of your social channels, you'll know that that's a big area of your feeds right now. Um, but the next area is actually creative commerce. So how do we how do we actually how do we get that right creatively? So the channels there, the audiences are there, the platforms there, but we haven't um, and in a few places we probably have, but an area for us to move forward to as an advertising industry is how do we make the most of that moment now. So yeah, creative commerce is where it where it's going to be. 
yeah, I've definitely heard of the social commerce. The, the yeah. bit where it feels there is tension with is there th- seems to be a, um, a disconnect between the thinking around um, tech as a tactic versus tech as a platform, right? Yeah. And and it's a v- extremely fine filter when it's like big data this or AI that or digital marketing this or blah, blah. Yeah. there's all these kind of like buzzwords which are tech and then it's like, yeah, tech is a tactic, but in a, in a world now, which is exactly to, to your point, Leanne, where it's just everything is social streaming, whatever, tech is actually now that platform for that commerce. So it, it, it's, it's um, I'm seeing a lot of naivety dismissing a lot of the, you know, not, not the clickbaity type stuff, but the opportunities there. But realistically, the platform of technology with how people are consuming, I, I, I actually, I'm with you on that. There hasn't been a, it doesn't feel there's been a strong enough execution for fully scalable business model yet for that type of thing. Because it's, I guess it's a, it's like you're racing, right? The tech keeps changing, the algorithms keep changing, the eyeballs keep shifting, yeah. and you're like, just like, well, how do we package this up? Because, you know, essentially you're the conduit for others that want to spend and buy and sell. So maybe I'll, I'll segue to that. How are you navigating priorities within a team knowing that you're chasing the market, which is always leading, trying new and testing, and then you're, you're trying to, I guess, you know, put products and services to then fit that new world I guess we're going into. Like how are you how are you prioritizing energy or time to to try and address those those challenges? Um, we were actually having this conversation yesterday as a team, talking about how do we focus this area of business now? Is it going to be revolution or evolution for us? And into the tech space and digital space and social space, that was definitely a revolution of how people consume media, but also how media adver- ad- how media agencies and creative agencies adapt to service those audiences that are there. So that was a, a, a big step change for us, but now it is moving more into an evolution space. So the technology is there, um, and it is more gonna be how we adapt that technology to find audiences, to serve audiences, and more importantly, to measure outcomes for that. So. Um, we're not in that revolution space anymore. We're definitely in an evolution space. And for us to stay ahead of that means great talent, to be honest. So Mm. making sure that we are employing um, a department or a team of people that understand those platforms better than I do, than some of my team do, so they can understand how to take advantage of those services for our clients. Um, measurement in that space is quite a, a an important focus because it's great to be able to do things, but more importantly for clients and especially moving into what's going to be a challenging year is they need to be accountable for every dollar they spend. So mm. when we're moving into new areas or new technology or new platforms or the way we use new platforms, it's how do we measure the success of that? And I think that's an area that, that clients and, and teams need a lot more support in um, because just because you can measure it doesn't always mean you should. And yeah, it, it's like yeah. driving your car with your feet. Just because it <laughs> doesn't make doesn't make it a good idea. Um, oh, that's an interesting thought now, Robert. I've never tried. <laughs> just because you can doesn't mean you should. No, it was like a Chris Rock truck from ages ago. But to that point, there's something around the the malleability of the intellect of the people that are within these organisations where they have to have that open-mindedness to yeah. be consuming. And and this is where I find create 
like t- like handbrakes in the creative landscape is so intriguing to me because creatives as a whole, if you look at like, you know, if you if you were selling, you know, bread or doing selling gas, whatever the thing may be, the world of creativity is ideas and creativity. But the hardest thing for people outside of, you know, this creative landscape is opening their mind up, being willing to see new ideas and then having yeah. the bravery to try these new things moving forward. But then to have those challenges within creative world makes it even probably harder because it's like, wait, we're already the minority anyway because we're creative. Like, do you find, are you finding the challenge of of people, the, is there an age gap that you think is, is more malleable or, or just more open? Is it, is it a youth thing? Is it a headspace thing? Like what's the mindset that's actually making it, you know? No, oh, that's a great question. I've never thought about it as an age. I think it's a mindset piece. And in advertising and media industries, I feel like, I feel we're privileged and lucky actually because we work with, we generally work with passionate people and curious people. And you have to have that mindset to be in this industry. You have to be curious. You you have to be read. You, you have to be read. That's an excellent um, start to our chat. Um, <laughs> you, you have to read. You have to listen. We're a really close um, industry of colleagues. So we're always open to debating and discussing things with people outside of our own workplace because we actually generally love what we do. And to love what you do yeah, you, you're just curious about great work, and we celebrate good work. So that, um, that's and a we don't care yeah. where it comes from. You, you know, if someone's doing a delivered a great campaign, you just say awesome work. Like it'll make so the that, industry better. So to that, right? Um, competition with within creativity. Competition in general. I, I like. I heard this word a while ago, which I love, called co-opetition. Like, yeah, we're oh. in the same lane, but. Like you're my competitor, but the the harder you go, the better I want to go, and it's that kind of that you know as a um you know I used to do a bunch of professional sports stuff in a previous life that headspace of like you are my buddy and I'm pumped when you win, but because you've done better stuff you I want to do better, but I'm stoked for you, but stuff you yeah. you know that's but I think like that that raises it because if it just becomes plateaued, but yeah. to that to that point though. From the hundreds and thousands of people that I've seen in businesses and whatever else as well, the majority of humans don't actually want to celebrate others. And the majority of the time, either that's come from, you know, their own either insecurities or whatever, that's that challenging, whatever. How have you negotiated a culture or a mindset that's actually helped set the tone that celebrating these wins actually matters. And it's not just some clickbait bullshit, tick the box stuff where it's like, yay, Bob's doing good. And everyone's like, but we hate Bob, but stuff you, we're just doing what we have to do. How do you have that genuine buy-in for celebrating others that you've been able to intertwine through culture as you've built the business? Oh, I think, um, I think it's a, a confidence and belief in the direction you've set. So once you're clear on your vision, and where you're going to go with the business, that's that's where you're going. So um, you communicate that to all parts of the business and everybody is on the same page and we're all um, delivering to that vision. If we, and I, I think we have to be conscious of what competition are doing because they, I love that word, which I've now forgotten, but say it again. Co-opetition. Co- 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 like we're co-opetition. competing. You, yeah. Nah, you heard it now yeah. first, co-opetition. <laughs> um, yeah. I think um, 
if you're clear on your vision and you've set a goal and you, you're moving forward as a business to deliver that, then you want to look outside, you want to see what other people are doing, but you don't want it to, to distract what where you're heading and what you're doing. You see it a lot in some of the retail space, um, and I hope it's okay to call out that category, but they they shift and move with where the competition is. And the ones that just keep steady and keep delivering to a vision and a brand proposition that they've set themselves, they're the ones that are going to succeed because consumers understand what they are talking about and what they mean. They, their team understand where they're all heading. You still want to look over your shoulder or ahead of you and go, nice one, guys. That, that was great work. And even better if we can say we wish we had thought of it first because next time mm. you better be the ones that think of it first. But so th- I'm yeah, appreciative that, that... of that view and um, I have a confidence and belief that where we're, we're heading is the best that we can do. It, it bring, it's, a, it's a great point, Leon, around the, the, that communication with the team, right? It's like, do you want to be chasing yeah. this, this, what others are doing or on your own line? Um, I, I'm a hip-hop kid. Everything usually comes back to hip-hop or sports for me. But there was an <laughs> interview that, that Jay-Z did with the New York uh, Times a few years ago, and he said a line which I absolutely loved. He was talking to, They were talking about relevance within the industry of what you were going to do next. And he said, he's like, oh, it's super simple. Would you rather be a trend or Ralph Lauren? He's like, do you want to be chasing the thing that's just like everyone's, that, that you're in that hot space right now, that white little thing that everyone's going to, or do you want to be Ralph Lauren, like be lasting like generational forever? Do you want to go? He's like, so as everyone else is playing, it's like, and then it just is chess, not checkers. You're just playing different games with it. So to that yeah. point though, for people to buy into the Ralph Lauren or to the, to the long game sort of chess play as a leader of these, of, of business, how do you clearly succinctly, communicate this vision from employee one to 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 a hundred and, and so like how do you how do you approach communication of this vision to align team across the business repetition <laughs> yeah um, okay and just yeah repetition you you clear on what you want to say and that has to drive everything we do as a business so um at a senior level it's it's a lot more in the detail, the nuts and the bolts, the finances. Um, and then to my management team, it's probably slightly less in the detail, but you always apply what the vision means to your teams and giving them really clear ideas around how they can deliver that back to clients and how we're going to give them tools, development training to be able to help us achieve that vision. Um, and then to, our agency, it's about how we inspire and motivate them around this vision. So uh, I would slightly change my tech depending on which of the audiences are in our teams, but I will be consistent and repetitious around what we're trying to do, why we're trying to do it, um, and how I'm going to support each of each member of our agency to deliver that. And I think that's probably a difference between um in preparing for our chat today just what what leadership used to be in the past versus what leadership's mm. going to be now or into the future i think communicate well, vision and purpose has always been true for a leader but um our values and actually communication to everybody in the agency is probably something that's slightly different and not mm. being told but 
taking people on a journey and making them want to feel um, part of what we're doing and and motivated and inspired by where we're going. So if I mean, I mean, I, I, I love this. It's very simple to say, but it's hard to execute because the majority of businesses don't have that aligned vision between the C-suite and the streets and employee one to employee thousand. There was, hmm. I went to, when I was at um, this um, little awesome uh, summit thing here in the States, it, uh, one of the people that spoke, who's fully off the grid, it's one of um, Steve Jobs' uh, inner circle from 30 years that literally worked with him. Oh, yeah. And he, was, he, he was at the table when uh, there were six of them that invented the iPod right the ipod and they're like okay we got we're going to do this thing blah blah and they succinctly got it down to two words which was um which was uh one sentence was a thousand songs yeah. in your pocket thousand songs in your pocket right and then we, after they went outside they, they said um to all the all the different crew they said okay this is we're creating this thing it's gonna have a thousand songs in your pocket anything that doesn't fit this thing piss off, we don't want to talk to you. Anything that comes through, piss off, we don't want to talk to you. And the way I thought about it, and so, and he said that basically, like, from the receptionist to the CEO, um, yeah. I mean, from probably one to a thousand, everyone knew the exact thing. And the way my brain looked at it was, I said, huh, it was like the su Southern Cross of, like, of comms, where employee, from the, the receptionist to the CEO, from South to North, all know the same thing, thousand songs in your pocket, and employee one to employee thousand, one thing, right? And then, so, what was great about that it was such a unifying and clear thing where everyone in the entire organization knew regardless where it was if it doesn't and even they were talking saying these kind of funny stories how you know these people were trying to pitch the receptionist oh we want to go this 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 and they're like yeah. can it fit a thousand songs they're like no like piss off next can it, it's like <laughs> is this big so, and there's like there's these funny stories of like the receptionist and stuff just gassing all these deals but it's that point so segue into the question was if you think of this the vision of the business right now with where you're taking it what would it be in a tweet oh robert that's a hideous question <laughs> um i actually haven't or a long tweet like maybe a paragraph maybe a paragraph no i love that because i'm gonna divert for one second only yeah. because when you were telling that story and everyone's heard this heard this one but um i was talking about sort of more leadership today versus like years ago, but the same um, the same as the Apple story was the janitor at NASA and oh go on janitor, I haven't heard it ah oh, okay. no go hit me okay. I'm into it I'm okay. subscribed all right so I'm gonna if I get the story um, slightly wrong uh, excuse me so it, it um, they were interviewing and the one of the janitors at NASA was like hey what do you do and his his response was. Um, I'm putting a man on the moon. So, yeah, that was their single vision. And from everybody in the business, that's what they were striving to do. So, no, uh, I don't know if I have a, a tweet just yet. I am actually, we are at the moment preparing for a mini conference in Feb with our agency to deliver our vision. And so I had it all prepared. And um, one of my colleagues yesterday, while we were talking about how we were going to how we we're going to deliver this to the agency, said. Um, that's boring and not very inspirational. So I was like, oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> awesome. But it's so I've got some wordsmithing to do. So can can you ask me this question in like two months and I'm going to have something fabulous like putting a thousand songs in your pocket or a man on the moon? 
Yeah, of course. No, I yeah. um, I, I just have a small brain. And I like I like I like things simple, but the same oh, no, time I like to go down these idea. little that's, these that's, rabbit holes. That's what I work on for the next couple of weeks. Is what's well, my what's my tweet? Yeah. I've delivered and my long term vision, but apparently it's not very. It's, it's not the well, one line. Well, we th- th- this is I have many um friends who have dealt with lots of these complex things, and I always just like looking at the entire thing, going. How do if you if you look at that you know the the Southern Cross of Comms or I need to brand that thing whatever it is from the receptionist the CEO whatever yeah it's how because if if the people that engage with it are confused they dismiss it as wrong even though it might be right but if they don't see it then they're like stuff it I like you know like I've had some chats with like yeah the scientists or this and that and I'm just like lot like you're speaking Spanish to me dude I'm like jeez yeah. but when they dumb it down it's not that they, they don't do it but it's always tricky so maybe I want to segue into a bit of this one thing that I get very passionate stoked proud whatever on is the changing face of leadership in Aotearoa over the last yeah. over the last 10 years right now there's always these waves that seem to come where, you know, the first the first wave, if you, if I look, um, you know, when I was 20, was a entrepreneur was kind of seen. It was in high school, it was basically, you know, if you're a self-starter or entrepreneur type thing, you're kind of a loser. And then Lucky for Tech came along and some people started wearing hoodies and, hoodies and making billions of dollars and all of a sudden tech was cool and everyone wants to wear flipping hoodies. But the, the, the wave shifted of energy of what it meant to be, uh, yeah. Entrepreneurial, right? So, so there was a wave, and then we had a wave come through of of um, of male versus female in the workplace, and this, and now you've got uh, gender equality. And these, you know, these, we're having these waves, and 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 one thing that I get very passionate, especially when it gets into culture, is one thing that, and you could probably say the same for multiple different bits, but I'm, I'm interested in your take on it. Is it absolutely? utterly pisses me off when people treat these things like campaigns, not consistency. Yeah. Right? Oh, cool. It's Te Reo Māori Week, uh, Te Reo um, uh, Māori Language Week, and all of a sudden you've got, you know, CEOs who never speak Te Reo, all of a sudden like, oh, kia ora, all morena, blah, blah, just like ticking the box shit. And and you can tell it's like not genuine at all. There's no actual like depth to it. It's just they're doing the thing. And then it's going to yeah. be Gay Pride Month, and then it's going to be so-and-so. How do you, and I mean, the fact that it exists is great, but as a female that's now in a leadership position through it and the journey from I know, which when you first started in the game was not the way it looks flipping now, how have you felt about the changing landscape visually of what leadership looks like and your journey within that over over the years to get to this point now? Um, yeah, I'm 100% aligned with what you've, actually just said about it being token i think a couple of years ago you could have probably got away with it being token but today people are calling you out on it so um you can't just say it anymore if you're not doing it or having an active participation in delivering that through your business or into your industry you're going to get called out on it and when you do not if you do i think when you do um you're left in a in a pretty shitty place. So no, I think if you if you're talking that language now, um, or, or I mean, when I'm talking about diversity of leadership or the way that you want your business to be interpreted, you you better be you better be clear on on how you're delivering that into the business and what are you doing to educate yourself and and actually believe in what you're what you're saying. 
Um, and diversity is probably one of my passion points as a leader. Not, not I, th I think there is definitely gender diversity, but I think the changing face of leadership um, around the world can only deliver better diversity of thought, um, better for our teams and actually how we take our product or services out into the world. So gender diversity, sexual preference, neurodiversity, cultural diversity, age, um, it doesn't, those, those diverse or diversities have to be better represented, not just at a leadership, well, at a leadership level, but actually through our business. And that comes with an, um, with education and understanding around how people think, how people um, want to be addressed, how people want to be portrayed, how people can actually bring their authentic self into the workplace. And once we can, once we can embrace that, we're going to get amazing work from a team of people because challenge and discussion, um, diverse thought, that can only lead to good work. So, yeah, we've. Mm. Um, I would. We're on a journey. We still have such a long way to go. I think um, in getting there. So, what percentage of? I agree. Agree with all that, Leon. It's a hundred percent agree. Yeah. But looking at the landscape right now, from ten years ago to now, what percentage ten years ago? didn't have the eyes open to embrace the awesomeness that actually existed around them to enable those with their own things rolling to now. How good has it got and how much further do you feel we have to go? Like if this was a number, was it 90% sucked and 10% were awesome and now it's like 70, oh. 30? Like what do you, what do you, like the tone of what you've felt or seen from other leaders or businesses that have embraced that or genuinely embraced that, not to, not tokenized yeah. it, genuinely Agreed. embraced Again, I can only talk about our industry because I think that's that's where I get the most exposure, just um, internally. So advertising, advertising and, and media and, and marketing, I think we're privileged in that we're we're always set in um, what's my word for this? Uh, we're always more open to these discussions, and we're always just slightly ahead. I think of the curve to versus other industries. Um, I would say percentage of leaders in our industry today open about this and really wanting to embrace the change, I would go to about 60, 70%. Yeah. Pretty high. But, but way more in our industry in terms of the media advertising creative oh, than, yes. than, than, than like law, law firms or flipping whatever, right? Oh, yeah. my God. 100%. And for us as well, the, the difference is we're talking about it. It's um, it's an agenda on the table um, in our board meetings now, but mm. we're still we're still a way off from actually getting that into agencies and into the industry. So, mm. getting diverse diversity of thought and cultures and people into our industry is still something we're 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 working on. So mm. the intentions are there, but um, that journey is still still an ongoing one, and it's not a quick fix for us. How did you kind of approach either the strategy or the way you sort of did it that, that led to those results? Because I'm sure the way you thought about it has obviously worked, but there might be some insights that might be able to help some of the listeners. Oh. Um, so a bit of that growth was new business. We we working with Waka Katahi. 
um, and my food bag, which is pretty awesome. Um, for us, I think being clear on um, two things really is how we grow revenue with existing services. So when we when we started talking um, at the beginning of the the chat was how do we stay slightly or not slightly, we got to have a long enough view around what we're building for in the future and um, the technology that we have to bring on, but also the talent we have to bring on. So we invest in what that looks like a year, two years, three years ahead, so that that team can embed themselves in the agency and start to build products that are going to be right for our clients into the future. Um, but we're seeing a lot of those services now that clients need. So um, marketing maturity, so working with clients on what that looks like, and so that we can <clears throat> partner with them around how we introduce technology into their stack. One moment. <clears throat> introduce technology and marketing and advertising technology into their stack and how they use that technology um, for their business and marketing outcomes. So those are products that we've um, looked for into the future that have been that we've seen realization of last year or the last three years to service our clients and then clients we want to work with. So um, as MBM, we're a real challenger in the industry. Um, we have a large base of New Zealand-based clients, so we understand New, New Zealand business, but we also understand challenger businesses. So that is, that's our sweet spot. How do we work with clients that don't have the massive spends of some of the the number ones in their category, but how do we how how can we think differently about what their marketing and media and advertising plans look like, and um, and then how can we show to clients that what how they invest their marketing dollars is going to return an investment for them to deliver to their boards and their key stakeholders. Mm -hmm. So I think it's it's just more a clarity on what our what our client fit is for MBM, who works well with us, who are we who are we suited for? And then it's that suite of tools that are gonna help our clients grow. And we prepare for that a year, three years in advance. See that that's the bit that I was going to come back to. I'd written down here a long game planned, where it's, oh, yeah. it's you knew where the, where the puck was going. That reminds me of there was a, um, once again back to sport. There was that R Richie McCaw documentary, which I which I really enjoyed actually. Like I don't follow rugby, but him as a leader, I was really oh, my, yeah. I loved seeing the mindset of what was happening with how it was doing. But there was a part of the thing he talked about. He said, um, "Oh, uh, I was never the fastest." I just knew where the ball was going to go. So I didn't run to the ball. I ran to where it was going to go. And there's that other thing about like hockey, like they went to like Gretzky would talk about, he'd go to where the puck was going, you know? So he, yeah. would, he would see where the market or the energy was. And, you know, within the world of, um, with, within media, um, you know, it was pretty clear after, you know, dial up popped through and we went to broadband, that video was going to exist, that then these communities were going to happen on top and then eventually advertising would come on top. And then there'd be a shift between big million dollar TVCs to digital, like you could see it. Right. And it's, it's that thing of, so what did maybe to get into the weeds a little bit, what did you see a year or two or three before that you built towards what did that puck look like of what you knew where it was going to go specifically that you thought was happening within um, the media landscape that would prove for you to be historically correct to help with the growth? What did you see that others didn't? Um, 
So firstly, I can't really take credit for three years ago because I've only been at... Um, yeah, true, sorry. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to give that credit to someone else. Um, but so I've been with the business a year now. But the what I've seen moving into, well, into 2022, so what was the year that we've, um, in the last three years, seen our biggest growth, is MBM has, has always had a focus on where digital and technology is going to go. So that um, MBM has invested in what that could look like for our clients. Some of these things are table stakes now, but they weren't a couple of years ago, and MBM had already invested there. So things like um, dynamic creative, dashboarding, social, and that might seem like an obvious thing to say. It's not just placement of social. It's like a delivery of a, a social team, Social creative, we've already started to play in that space. We have a division um, that has been part of the business since, no, I'm not going to say this because I'm not, I'm going to get it wrong, but um, Breakout Room is our creative content agency, uh, and they're a division of MBM, and they've played uh, majorly in short-term, in short-form content, which is exactly what we're talking about now, moving into, into um creative commerce. So we have a team of people that already have started playing in that space. And there's definitely some fine tuning we need to do in that area, which is our focus for this year. But we've already got some experience around that from the last couple of years. So those are those are just a couple of examples. Um, creative, uh, uh, dynamic creative, dashboarding, our social team, our content team, um, we have a data and technology team. So they've delivered a project around econometric modeling. And it's not like the, the all singing, all dancing econometric that can cost a client a small fortune. Um, we do it on a smaller scale. But again, I think I've said this a few times, being able to deliver to clients what's working for them and showing them evidence of return on investment is massively important. So again, we've invested in a team of people that have that are developing services and products to be able to to deliver that for clients. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I get it. Um, in case you, anyone is uh, just tuning in, I'm with Leanne Morris, the CEO of MBM, a weapon in the flipping advertising media landscape. So stoked to have you in the mix on Today FM. All right, back into it. So <laughs> that's where you, what you've seen, looking at the landscape now in terms of marketing and advertising from 23 to 25, What's the thing that you look at and you go, everyone's sleeping on this and it's got the most disproportional upside and I am gobsmacked that more people aren't taking it seriously with the true implications of what it can do for business to make it better. Is there something that you've seen? And the oh, answer can't be chat GPT. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think, yeah, most people, well, most agencies have really got a, a, a kind of an eye on AI and what it's going to deliver. I think Chad. Yeah, let's go there for it. Go, go for it. Go for it. You have a little vent oh, on AI or whatever. Right. I'm, I'm into Just, it. And, but most agencies will already have a view on or, or an eye on AI and what it's going to deliver for services moving forward. ChatGPT was just the, like, honestly, how know. easy is it to use on a plate and you can immediately see the impact it's going to have. I think it's probably not something, um, oh, this is probably, 
yeah, it's not something that people are sleeping on. I actually think what what it is is you you have to have, um, I believe, a view on what's happening long term and into the industry, but not get so caught up in in innovation and technology and the future that you are not grounded in what works right now. And I I see a shift coming back to that um, more and more, but we, for a time, were all about um, digital products, digital landscape, innovation, technology. We need to be there. We, we you know, that that's, that's definitely the future, but it doesn't mean that everything else gets left behind. So I think um, for me, it's definitely that, but keeping, I have to keep reminding myself that some of the fundamentals don't change. Um, human behavior, we're, we're, we're mammals from like millions of years old. The way our brains are wired is, is going to be the same for a lot longer. So I think it's more about holding true some of the things that we've learned from the past and making sure that the way that we view the future is a balance of what we know to be true now, how people behave, and then also having a thought around how that's going to change into the future. But mm. I, yeah, try and keep a foot in both camps, actually. So tried and tested measures, human behavior, and then technologies and digital evolutions and um, what where that can take us. It's quite... Um when you get into a lot of the thinking around, you know, the, 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 not prehistoric, but just the fact that we are, we are humans, we are the species, we, we roll a certain yeah. way, our heads, uh, we are wired. We're like there's, there's so much to that. I don't know if that's psychology or whatever I failed high school, but I love the fact that we're going to find a bit, we always find a balance, right? If, and I keep coming back to, and I use this example where when Snapchat first came out, it was like closed off one-to-one messaging, probably sending like, you know, dick pics or whatever, like fine, park that for a second. But then Facebook came out and it went the other way and it said, hey, let's do full open to everyone and to all. And yeah. so two totally different business models, one totally private one-to-one, one totally open to scale out to all. And over time, it sort of found its way back into the middle. So now you've got, say, within like even an Instagram, you've got then the close friends and there's like you get these these pieces of bit. So anything that goes extremely one side always balances off in the middle. And one thing that I I have been organically seeing the rise of as, and I don't know if people have, have cl- fully clicked the way I'm kind of, I guess, seeing it, is the more t- the world goes tech and crazy and whatever, the more there is growth in health and wellness retreats and meditation and, and, and headspace thing. And, and I don't think people realize that it's happening out of the internal thing of knowing that they're getting consumed with tech. And there's this yeah. something in the back of the head going, you got to balance the shit out. You got to tone it out. And it's like, cool, I need to escape. I need to get away. And so I've had this idea for a while and I, I've talked about it and I'm surprised no one's actually stolen it. It's it's a bar. It's a bar called Analog. Now's your Analog. chance. Now's your chance. Now, now's your chance. Milk, steal the IP. But everything's so digital. Imagine going into a spot that is a bar, and it's called Analog. No phones allowed, and there's just a, there's no social media, no nothing, and it's just a hand handset on there. And when you're in. Anyone, if the phone gets seen, if any phone gets seen anywhere, instantly they got to buy the whole bar, bar around. And it's just like, how do we take it away where it becomes that human interaction? Because what I've noticed more and more socially over the last 10 years is or I'll go out to, to dinner, I'll go out to eat, yeah. and I will look and I will see, and I'm almost like, 
20 to 30% of every table at some point, someone's on the phone. It's just, it's going to that space of, it's distraction. It's in, you jump in an elevator instead of someone saying, hi, everyone just goes to it. And what I think is going to happen is over time, it's going to balance out. So that they're about to, to your point, Leanne, is yes, it's like um, the what we need to do right now to do it, but the future's then coming. So when it comes to balance out, I actually, you know, want to get away from business for a second was, you know, you're obviously in a pretty um, a, 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 a stressful on, on some days. Everyone has is those days. What's the escapism mechanism for yourself outside of, of, of work hustle? Is it walks on the beach? Is it yoga? Is it going to disco rave, silent discos? Like what, what's, the, what's, what's the escapism metric? <laughs> or how do you, what's, the, what's the vehicle for getting away from the chaos? Ah, uh, um, I'm not a big, yeah, I'm, I'm not a big believer in, in getting, well, in what's the work-life balance. Um, I'm a big believer in work-life blend. I I don't think when you're in most jobs in a senior position, you don't ever really switch off. Uh, there's always some you're always thinking about you're always thinking about work, but it's how you can actually compartmentalize that and be okay with it just to get on with with some fun. Um, and I don't have any hobbies. Damn it. I need to find some hobbies so that this reading podcast audio. What you, what um, you, oh, yeah, but I don't, I think that's, again, that's probably a that word. But yeah, definitely. Um, I love reading. So, and I'm, I'm still like old school books. And um, I have three bookshops in Auckland that I kind of rotate around. Uh, I'm on a mission to save all independent bookshops. Um, and once you're in, once you're in the community of bookshops that you, you, you find uh, there's always something to read and, and um, great people to talk to. So I love doing that. Good books, always a good podcast. At the moment, I'm on a mission being the new year into sort of um, health and fitness and nutrition podcasts. I always had the best intentions starting out the year. And uh, yeah, it's kind of wavers as I go on. Um, Socialising, I love people. Um, I love I have a great group of friends, so hanging out with them, most of them are industry friends, so we'll end up talking industry stuff again, but that's actually okay with me. Um, we kind of, through doing that, I think we're all wo working towards a, a better industry and a better place to work. I absolutely, um, obviously my family, I have, where we moved from South Africa to the UK to New Zealand, so we're a small um I used to have, my mom was like one of 10. So I came from a massive family in South Africa. And here we're in New Zealand, we're a small family, but we're a really close group. We actually have some good laughs. So having family over is, is one of my, um, one of my downtimes and enjoyments. But yeah, that those are probably it. I'm going to take up pottery this year, I reckon. I mean, it could be quite There you go. <laughs> no, no, it's it's always that that balance off. Maybe it's not escapism. It's that it's that no. balance to to be able to go do these things. And um, the 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 bookshop thing's interesting because anyone that you meet in a bookshop, they have yarns. Everyone's got oh, a yarn in a so bookshop. Good. So good. Like there are some yarns. Oh, oh, oh. And I, I I love it. It's great. Well, um, best of luck yeah. for the year ahead. I hope you absolutely smash it and um, don't get in too much trouble at the bookshop. Say. Ah, oh, there's worse trouble to get into, Roberto. That's, that's true. That's true. I appreciate your time. <laughs> Have a good one. Thanks very much. Love you, Rick. Thanks, Heaps. Cheers, bye. How was that? Big up for Leanne Morris joining the show, CEO of MBM. Love hearing the thinking about the diversity in leadership. Love hearing the thinking about diversity of thought. 
I love the thinking about, you know, the fact of, you know, when you're in these roles, the existence of you there actually helps. Um, you know, we don't know what's coming down the pipeline, but we know when you've got good leadership and you've got alignment across the businesses, you know, they were talking about, you know, how do we, she was mentioning the, um, revolution to the evolution side of things which is cool and also thinking about the long game with what products and services are coming where the puck is going within your industry where is the momentum going where's the shift going and how can potentially gear themselves up i mean she was talking about you know the team had worked for one couple one to three years to actually build these products and services to where the um, customers were actually going to go and obviously then they're reaping the rewards of of those um, awesome things too the one bit i liked about that too of not following necessarily what all the competitors are doing in obviously a competing market but trying to think around, you know, that Jay-Z line, do you want to be a trend or Ralph Lauren? Do you want to be hot for the white space for the moment or do you want to be forever long lasting, generational, thinking long game, you know, chestnut checkers always talk about all, all the time. Um, very cool having her on the show. Uh, if you've enjoyed this, share along to a buddy, whatever you want to do. The whole thing here is, you know, how can we, we're over 300 episodes now, um, absolutely love what we do, love the fact we get to talk to so many amazing smart people and just want you know more kiwis to win more kiwis to do well more kiwis to get out there and smash on the world stage whatever that that is that they're up to so that's you good on you get out there get active get into it all right team be good be great and i'll see you all soon adios peace